2: life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com you know if you were to follow a busy doctor as he makes his daily round of calls you'd find yourself having a mighty busy time keeping up with him Time out for many men of medicine usually means just long enough to enjoy a cigarette. And because they know what a pleasure it is to smoke a mild, good-tasting cigarette, they're particular about the brand they choose. In a repeated national survey, doctors in all branches of medicine, doctors in all parts of the country were asked, what cigarette do you smoke, doctor? Once again, the brand named most was Camel. Yes, according to this repeated nationwide survey, more doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. Why not change to camels for the next 30 days and see what a difference it makes in your smoking enjoyment. See how camels agree with your throat.
1: You alright? Oh, mate, I think I've lost my mucociliary escalator. I got my
3: um, shopping trolley stuck in an
1: escalator once. Oh, well... Nothing to do with what I was saying, but I was uh, talking... I don't think you know what a mucociliary escalator is. An escalator to your mouth. Well, okay. So that's that's the name <laughs> of my rock band. Escalator to my mouth. Oh. But what the mucociliary escalator is, is in my trachea, I've got a whole bunch of mucus and cilia. Cilia are those little fingers, right? And the mucus capture particles that I inhale... And the cilia throw these particles back up into the back of my throat, my pharynx, so I can swallow it into my stomach, and that's a good way of stopping particles... Disposing of particles. Yeah, but because of all of these smooth, smooth camel cigarettes that I've been smoking, I, um... I'm glad you said cigarette. <clears throat> <laughs> I, um, uh, I think I've killed off the mucocilia escalator. Well, you've at least stunned it. Yeah. Is that what happens? Do they die or do you stun it?
3: Uh, I think they will eventually... I think the term is metaplasia, uh, which means a changing in form. But I think an initially, it, it's the chemicals in
1: cigarette are ciliostatic. So they just stop them? Stun them. Stun them. Mm. And so this is why... So your mucus still captures those particles, but the cilia doesn't throw it back up for you to swallow into your stomach. So the particles, over time, due to gravity, just fall down into your lungs.
3: Um, maybe, yeah. But I think, I think over time, if you're going to keep smoking, uh, you actually lose the cilia. Wow. So but, I think I think initially it's they're just stunned, and you just can't get a, those particles out of your lungs. And
1: there we go. I go to sleep. I lay down for nine to fourteen hours. <laughs> you sleep that long I need that amount of time and then I wake up and all the particles are in my lungs so I've got to cough for the first one to two hours that's the smoker's cough yes and right. uh, again it's because every day I can't help but take a visit to Flavortown <laughs> I'm not. I don't smoke. That's the thing. See it what we just like did. It. It
3: sounds like you
1: did. Was repartee, and this was a back and forth. This was unseen, scene. This was basically me pretending to be a smoker, and Matt doing a terrible job of being my physician. Don't smoke cigarettes because that's going to be the topic of today. We all know cigarettes are bad for you, but what are in cigarettes? What is the addictive properties of cigarettes? How are they carcinogenic? And what's the go with e-cigarettes?
3: So that's the um, structure of today? Yeah, I think so. All right, so where do you want to begin? Well,
1: I could probably start with history. I can begin at the beginning of tobacco. So we'll talk about tobacco, but it's obviously predominantly going to be in the context of smoking. And then we'll move on to talk about vaping and e-cigarettes. Sounds good. All right, so along with the potato, corn and tomatoes, (laughs) it's a good way to start, isn't it? (laughs) Columbus spread tobacco. Uh, and what he basically did was he took... Like he, where, like, where does the, the word come from? Tobacco. Mm. Uh, as, so there's, we don't definitively know, but there's a couple of theories. Yeah. One is that it's the name of the plant in South America.
3: Okay, so that's where it's endemic. Yes. Okay,
1: But another is that tobacco is also the name for the pipe that they use to smoke the tobacco. And the first Westerners that were there to view the indigenous tribes people of the Mesoamericas.
3: T- to smoke it or just... To smoke it. To, just view to smoke
1: it within rituals, thought that when they said tobacco, they thought that that was the thing they were smoking, not the... Implement. Implement that they were smoking with. Okay. So that, could, that was a the theory as well. And this is, this is, you know, 16th century. Yes. So Mesoamerica, indigenous plants, tobacco plants... Right. Uh, Columbus decided to take these and distribute them throughout Europe.
3: I think he initially threw them them through the board because he thought that was... I mean, when Columbus met the the natives, I think they exchanged gifts. Yeah. He gave them hats,
1: as you do. Of course, yeah. I mean, he obviously had hats.
3: Dr. Matt and Mike have hats. Yeah, we just
1: don't don't give them out anymore. Um, So they
3: gave hats to the natives... And then the natives gave back to him all these big dried leaves. And he had no idea. He was like, it. what the hell am I going to do with these So leaves? he chucked them overboard. And then threw them overboard. That precious cargo. But then later, I think his men on a different island came across some natives who were actually smoking this rolled up leaf. Ah, so they had no idea the first time. Yeah. And they seemed very euphoric or happy. So they then tried. Yeah. And they said, this is smoke of the gods. Yes, yes. Yes. Which a lot of those drugs appear to be.
1: Yeah, and we'll talk about that in one second. So, the Mesoamericans often smoked tobacco in ceremonies, rituals, uh, and they still do, actually, the the South Americans. But if we look at other parts of the world, the Japanese, they were introduced to tobacco by the Portuguese in the mid-1500s. So, that would,
3: would that have come... Uh, Portuguese, I guess, would have come... Portugal with yeah. with, the, with the Spanish,
1: yeah, uh, and the Ottoman Empire got it in the late sixteenth century, and that's when doctors or physicians of the time began to use tobacco as a treatment for everything what we term a cure-all, also known as a panacea mm. uh, and what do we know what do we know about curals, Matt um, well, it got rid of my rash no well, <laughs> okay.
2: the, the... What we know about cure-alls is that
1: they actually cure nothing. Now, in Australia, where we're from, uh, as you could potentially tell by Matt's strong accent, uh, it's one of the few few countries where we have indigenous tobacco plants, or at least plants that contain nicotine, which is the addictive substance okay. in tobacco. Okay, where
3: does nicotine come from? The word? Don't know. Where does it come from? Um, it's. It was a French. Uh, I want to say explorer, but. Notable, let's say. Well, Pierre
1: Nicotin.
3: Nicotin. I don't think e Nicotin. I think it. Nicoté. Yeah, that sounds right. And uh, basically, <laughs> we, we, we don't have French listeners, so it's okay. Jean Nicotin.
1: Jean Pierre mm. Nicotin.
3: Yeah, uh, he spread it through Europe, like nicotine. propagate not propagated, but just made it more popular. What do you mean? Made How do you make nicotine popular? No tobacco. Oh, okay. But then, like. Subsequent to that, then the nicotine was found to be the active ingredient, Okay. which then becomes important because we know that nicotinic receptors are named after the nicotine. So really, I guess the nicotine nicotinic receptors are named after a French guy.
1: Okay. Well, basically yeah, everything yeah, in the body is named after some old dead white guy. True. So we're moving away from that. But... When we look at the nicotine in the tobacco plant of at least indigenous Australian tobacco plants, you'll find that the highest percentage of nicotine is in Australian indigenous plants. 8% nicotine. This is way more than what you'll find in a manufactured cigarette. (laughs) So why would uh, a plant produce this? You know, that's a good question. I would assume that nicotine probably keeps bugs away.
3: Yeah, very good. So it's produced in the root of the plant and this group of plants are the nightshades.
1: Okay. Is that what tobacco sits under?
3: Yes. All these things that you mentioned, tomatoes, potatoes, eggplants, tobacco, they're nightshades. And so
1: they're... all Columbus did was redistribute nightshades across the planet? Potentially. I'm not sure where
3: are all those endemic to the South Americans?
1: Yeah, because American. that was his that was his colombian trip was okay. from mesoamerica to the rest of europe so he brought potato corn tomatoes back yeah he okay. basically brought potato corn
3: tomatoes and tobacco so this is matt and mike's history lesson <laughs> <laughs> we're learning at the
1: same time you are
3: okay so and this is where you get the deadly nightshades like belladonna which you put on in the mornings
1: Yes, I do. Explains that's... your pupil
3: dilation and whiteness.
1: That's my that's <laughs> that's my personalised Be- aftershave. Beautiful is... woman. Yeah, Belladonna is Italian for beautiful woman.
3: Okay, so a bit off topic. Um, so the plant produces its nicotine in the root and transports it up the up the kind of trunk. It's not really a big tree um, into the leaf, and then if an insect eats it
1: its nervous nervous system becomes paralyzed and dies. So what is it about their nervous system compared to ours? Because it doesn't paralyze ours, it actually stimulates an aspect of our autonomic nervous system. Yeah, well, it's just a size difference. So if you proportionally
3: ate that amount of Ah. (laughs) nicotine, you'd have the same issue. Yes, fair, fair, fair. But apparently there are some some species of insect or... invertebrate. That smoke. That uh, actually utilize the toxin to, and then kind of excrete it. Really? Yeah. But they, they used to boil it up. Who's they? Oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> not the insects. No, no, definitely not insects. Uh, humans. Yep. So native humans. <laughs> natives. Natives. Um, uh, would research. Would, would get the tobacco leaves, boil it up, and then spray it on their... Um, crops and that would be a, a natural herbicide.
1: Okay. Mm. Alright, well that's interesting. So you're right,
3: it, it does prevent there you go. Insects eating and they die from a neurological effect. But for us, because we're significantly bigger than these insects, yeah. we gain pleasure from it. Or get what stimulated pain. from it.
1: Yeah, okay, well let's talk about that briefly. Nicotine is the addictive substance mm. in tobacco. But there's heaps of chemicals, right? Yes. So what? There's over seven thousand chemicals within tobacco. Um, as far as I know. Seven thousand. Yes, so it's up to seven thousand. And over seventy of them are carcinogenic, meaning cancer-causing. Potentially. Yeah, there are. <laughs> I'm glad you know. Rhetorical. All, yep. all everything I ask you is rhetorical. Just agree.
3: Okay. So do you want to talk about the chemicals or do you want to?
1: Well, I could talk drink. about nicotine. Let's, uh, okay, we've, we've, let's talk about nicotine.
3: Okay. So you, we've established that it kills insects, but it does have a neurological effect to us. Yes. We know that the receptors called nicotinic receptors are activated by nicotine, hence yes. the name. And nicotinic receptors can be found at muscle junctions. Yeah. Neural mus- muscle junctions, but also in your autonomic nervous system, both sympathetic which is fight and flight and parasympathetic, rest and digest. So, let me stop you there. So, if you activate all three, what's your effect? All right.
1: So, sympathetic, fight or flight, like you said, parasympathetic, rest and digest. We've got, they're both two neuron chains, right? So, they both exit the spinal cord, but at different levels. And when they exit the spinal cord and they go down their first order neuron, they're going to release their neurotransmitter. Both is going to be acetylcholine. And acetylcholine is going to bind to a receptor on the second order neuron, which is going to be the nicotinic receptor, right? Oh. So that means yeah. both, so at the postganglionic neuron, yeah. for both sympathetic and parasympathetic, they contain nicotinic receptors that accept acetylcholine. All right. All right. Nicotine
3: mm-hmm.
1: binds to nicotinic receptors, just like acetylcholine, mm-hmm. which means, like I said, it stimulates both sympathetic and parasympathetic. Similarly, and you said it's also at neuromuscular junctions. Okay. So my thought would be in organs that both the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system Mm co-innovate. Which most of them do. They negate each other. Well, a lot of them
3: would. Is this a
1: question? It's a rhetorical one. (laughs) Okay. Well, keep going. They negate each other. Okay. And that's most organs that they innovate except one. Hmm. The heart. So the parasympathetic doesn't innovate the heart. Parasympathetic does innovate the heart, but think about how the vagus nerve, which is the branch of the parasympathetic, innovates the heart. What does it do to it? it slows down the speed. Okay, speed. Now, when we look at the sympathetic nervous system innovating the heart, mm. what does it innovate?
3: Um, speed and
1: contractility. And the vasculature too, right? Uh, like the coronaries. Yeah. Mm. So. If you look at the way it works, you've got sympathetic, it's going to not just speed the heart up, but increase the contractile force. And you're not going to have a negation of that from the parasympathetic Mm. nervous system. But also when you compare sympathetic versus parasympathetic, when when you constrict your blood vessels, that's the action. The inaction is simply a dilation. Okay. Does that make sense?
3: So, your effect is you get a more powerful heartbeat and an increase in blood pressure?
1: Correct. Okay. And that's going to be the primary effect of nicotine.
3: Physiologically?
1: Physiologically. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. And because it's the neuromuscular junction, I assume you're going to get, what, some, some activation there, so maybe jittery?
3: Yeah, I guess. Or, no. maybe, or maybe you just have more energy to move. Okay. Do you feel like you want, obviously you've smoked before. No. Nope. Never? Never smoked You've, a cigarette yeah. in my lungs. Really? Yeah.
1: I've smoked a cigar, but you don't oh, inhale don't. that.
3: But so, you're going to absorb it.
1: I've never inhaled a cigarette into my lungs. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Yep, yeah, there you go. <laughs> have you inhaled a cigarette? Yeah, into your yeah, lungs? plenty. Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, I've never... Then you tell me the effects. I can't I don't really know. think of
3: the effects. Okay. I mean, I really wasn't paying attention at the time.
1: So, did you have more energy? Maybe. No. I don't but think it would
3: I, have think it I think it improves just your general feeling of not I wouldn't say
1: euphoria, but you just feel a bit happier. And do you think that's gonna be those peripheral effects, or do you think that's more of a central nervous system uh I would have thought maybe it's probably
3: more dopamine reward feedback or something.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. You got nicotinic receptors in the brain as well, not just the peripheral and uh autonomic nervous system, and that's going to release dopamine, GABA, Mm -hmm. and it's going to have an effect with the reward system. So if you smoke tobacco and you get used to this effect of nicotine, then you're going to want it more and you're going to crave it. And then when you have it, you're going to get that wave of, oh yeah, flavor town. So it's not necessarily that it's having an actual beneficial effect on you. It's just satisfying a craving. Right, or oh, removing a withdrawal. Yeah, that's right. So probably every time you're not smoking, you're you're exhibiting right. withdrawal symptoms.
3: So does that mean it has a very short kind of half life? Like, does that mean like you become addicted quickly to it and then reliant on it? And yeah. therefore, if you haven't received it within, I don't know, an hour, you are kind of in a withdrawal.
1: Absolutely, you're very. It's very addictive. Um.
3: Is there any stats on... Because you hear things thrown around that it's the most addictive chemical. Have you come across anything that talks about that?
1: I've read in passing in a legitimate document that it is comparable to that of heroin addiction. Wow. Have you read the same?
3: No, I've just heard it anecdotally, but I've never really paid attention. No, that's
1: not saying that just because it's as addictive doesn't mean it's as bad. Um, to be honest, smoking may potentially be worse. It results in more deaths, but that's just probably because more people masse, are yeah. Yeah, using it. Um, before we move on to the other chemicals, can I just give a couple of stats about smoking? What, health detriments? Yeah. Or just or the number uh, of people what, having a... Th- no, the number of smokers.
3: Yeah, just do the numbers because I think we'll cover the health detriment later. Yeah, just,
1: just the numbers. Just so we've got a context here, right? Um, so... Obviously, we're in Australia, so we're going to give Australian stats. Um, but if we begin with worldwide, there's 1.25 billion adults in the world that are smokers. So it's big business. In so Australia. What, currently smoking? Currently smoking, 1.25 billion adults.
3: And it's apparently supposed to increase to 1.7 by 2020. So it's going up? Yes, in, in certain in, communities. In certain
1: regions. In Australia, it's going down. We can see this with the stats, right? So in 1977. of males were smokers, 33% of females were smokers, right? If we look at uh, 2015, 18% of males are now smokers and 14% of females are smokers. Mm. So it's gone down significantly Mm. and we find that there's around about 57% of men and 64% of women have never smoked in Australia. So
3: what do you think is the reason for that in Australia?
1: Well, I think it's because we've got quite good policy around where you can and can't smoke. And also, it's going to cost you half your pay packet to buy some cigarettes. So, so, basically, tax. so
3: basically, a few things have happened, just so those listeners who aren't familiar with the Australian context, we've brought in the plain packaging, which is um, basically you see no branding on the cigarette. Yeah. Which apparently... Back in the day, you were very loyal to your brand. Yes. Really? Yeah. So if you... If you're
1: you're a, a camel man.
3: The tobacco, the tobacco industry knew that by the age of, I don't know, early 20s, if you had your brand picked, that that was it for life.
1: Really? Yeah. Well, and, uh, however short that life <laughs> life out to, so, to be.
3: And then s- certain brands represented certain things. So I'm not sure if you think of the certain brands in Australia, but I can think that certain brands represent something. And I think one of the most successful um, marketing campaigns, probably in the history of marketing, was the, the Marlboro Man. Oh, yeah. And I think what they did for that wasn't so much about the product. Because, you know, a lot of product advertising is about telling people how good the product is yeah. and how it's superior to everything else. Mm, yeah. Like the Camelad that we played at the start... That was telling the listener how good the product is. Yeah. But the Marlboro Man was the first time it told the, the viewer what your lifestyle will be like.
1: Yeah, okay.
3: So, so it, you smoke this and
1: you'll be like this. It, it basically put the cigarette into the culture. Yeah. Or at least tried to alter the culture so it fit around the cigarette. Mm. So, the,
3: so, so the branding's been very important for cigarettes because it kind of represent something about you
1: well they That's... can't sell it on any other way now they, yeah. they can't say there's no health benefits and then by no means going to say hey smoke a cigarette and you're 72 percent more likely to die of heart disease diabetes lung cancer and other various mm. cancers it's they're not going to do that
3: yeah so we got rid of the the packaging. Yes. Plus, plus they added all those scary pictures.
1: Yes, if you don't know, if you were to buy a packet of cigarettes right now, like Matt said, there's no... Im- so if you were to buy some Mulboroughs, I don't even know if they still sell them, right? Winfield. Some Winnie Blues, right? You'll probably find... Well, firstly, it'll just say in what, Times New Roman, Winfield Blues on the front of the packet, and then underneath will have a terrible picture of an emaciated, unwell man dying of lung disease. Yeah. Or it may be an image of your lungs, or it may be... A big, uh, a big tumour in your tongue. Yeah. or, or a, Ulcerated
3: gum. Or a baby with um, tubes coming out of its mouth.
1: Yeah. So, horrible things mm. um, as, as, as a detractant. And I suppose it's working, because as we said, the numbers are dropping significantly.
3: And the other big thing that Australia's done is we've taxed it heavily. Yeah. Which supposedly offsets the health burden.
1: Yeah, so the cost of cigarettes is enormous. I think it's something like... 70% of the cost here is taxed. So do you know how much a packet of cigarettes are in Australia?
3: Oh, it depends on the number, but I think it's above 20
1: 20 yeah. to $30. It's above $30 for a, for a packet of, what, 20, 25 cigarettes? Yeah, okay. So that's what, you know, and you compare that to other countries, it's hopefully stopping people from buying cigarettes. Well, it looks like by the, the rates, it's... Well, let's compare this. Okay, so I said currently in Australia, 18% of men smoking, uh, 14% of women smoking. If we compare that to the highest smoking rate in the world, do you know where that is? Um, I'll give you a hint. Yeah. Gobble, gobble. Um, Hungary. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, fair enough. No, Turkey. <laughs> So, forty percent of men are current smokers in Turkey. Twenty-seven percent of women. So that's the highest. Greece is next: thirty-four percent males, twenty-seven percent females, and the lowest smoking rate. So this is in the in countries where it's not outlawed, right? Okay. Um, Sweden and Iceland, where the percentage is less than ten percent of males and females are smokers. Mm. So there you go. All right. So there's your stats. There's the sna- The stats. Okay. Now, let's talk about some more chemical products inside of uh, cigarettes. Alright,
3: so essentially... Tobacco. You've stated, which I believe is correct, I haven't tested it, but there's more than 7,000 chemicals in tobacco. That's right. And that would probably increase when you light the tobacco.
1: So why is that?
3: Well, when you have combustion, there's a whole lot of additional chemical processes.
1: That occur. So, so I think you take one chemical, you burn it, and it ends up producing, for example, two chemicals, 2 by Yeah, so I chemicals.
3: think they call it pyrolysis, which is a thermal decomposition of materials at high temperature.
1: Well, we've done a medical terminology, right? And we've done prefixes and suffixes. Pyrolysis. Pyro means... Fire. Lysis means... Splitting. There you go. So the act of combustion mm. results in... Heat splitting apart chemicals yeah. to produce more chemicals. So, the additional chemicals to tobacco... So, you're saying these aren't natural? What you just said? So, the, you're saying there's there's chemicals that are added to tobacco? Yes, yes. Uh, this, through the manufacture process Correct. of cigarettes? Correct. Why would they add chemicals? Why are not the number of chemicals enough? in tobacco enough? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Well, there's at least
3: known of 599 additional additives.
1: Uh, well, and so each has a purpose in the cigarette? Yep. Well, That is just... That, anyway, go on. I read
3: a paper that went through a lot of this stuff and yep. it, it kind of broke down the philosophy of why these things were added. So it kind of came about in the 1970s and I would imagine that the tobacco companies started to see the writing on the wall that there was an association with health health detriment from smoking.
1: And you said this is the 70s? 70s. But we know that in the 50s, the early 50s, there were legitimate publications coming out saying that smoking is associated with cancer. Hmm. And it took 25, a quarter of a century before the cigarette companies started taking notice. Didn't mean they did anything to help, but started taking notice. Yes.
3: Wow. Well, I think also they attributed a lot of things to just pollution, like bad lung pollution, like maybe working in mines, like coal mines, or just having a lot of uh, air pollution. And that was the reason why there's a higher amount of cancers. But probably also, you
1: know... People so they were like... det- dis- dis- detracting from the narrative Correct. that cigarettes themselves are... Toxic. Yeah. So,
3: around the 70s, people there was public concern that people were worried about the visibility of smoke, the irritation of smoke, mm. the odour of smoke. Okay. So, they, the company started to look into how we can remove that. Okay? Before I go into what these these are, the first thing, we, just to get our head around, is how c- cigarettes are basically made. Okay. Okay. So, what what kind of happens is they get the tobacco plant. So, instead of like cigars, um, is a cigar basically just a rolled up tobacco leaf? That's it. Okay. That's
1: it. It's it's dried and rolled and compacted and dried and rolled and compacted and, yeah, continuously. So,
3: for cigarettes, at least from the 70s onwards, they use something they call a sheet a tobacco I've sheet. Heard, I've heard
1: the name sheet before, like yeah. a sheet of paper. Yeah,
3: and so what they what they what they do here is they basically get all the components of the tobacco plant, um, and this could be all the scraps that's left on the floor as well. So the kind of um, the shards and the dust and all that, and they kind of put it all together. What do
1: you uh, mean? You're saying that they get the
3: the tobacco leaves and chop it up, and then what? Like all just... the rest of the plant as well. They kind of all um, combine into a slurry. Okay? okay. Then they add additional chemicals and fillers and glues because they want it to bind it together. Oh. Okay? Yep. Then they extract the nicotine. So they pull the nicotine out of this slurry. Oh. Okay? And then they flatten it. And this makes The, the slurry? The slurry into a sheet. Wow. So big bits of paper-like material. With no
1: nicotine inside. Correct. Okay.
3: And then they spray it when it's so they kind of fluff it up and then they spray it dry it and then spray it with nicotine
1: so they know the quantity going
3: in possibly i didn't so why don't
1: they leave it in why do they spray it are they is is the amount of nicotine they're spraying on more than what would be not not sure not sure
3: but maybe you're right maybe it's to quantify it so you have the different levels of tobacco of nicotine yeah it could be a reason yeah but to do all those things we just spoke about all the fillers, all the additional parts. You're now looking at 10% of the weight now
1: is the additives. 10% of what they've just made was not in the original tobacco leaf. Correct. And then they
3: finally shred it. Wow. And so now you've got the... You've seen what's in a, t- in a cigarette, right? Yeah. If you pull it apart, you see all those little shavings. Yeah,
1: the little brown
3: shavings. So presumably that is the end product of shredding that paper. Okay. Yeah. And so now, now we look at what the additional additives are and there's, you know, potentially up to 599.
1: Hit me with some of them. Okay.
3: So we need to think about what the companies are wanting to do
1: to keep you smoking. Okay. All right. So if, can I guess? Yeah, sure. All right. So to keep you smoking, they need to keep you addicted. Yeah. So nicotine. And so...
3: Yeah, so they have to enhance the ability of the nicotine acting at the receptor.
1: Do they? Yeah. So they don't just rely upon the endogenous nicotine within the tobacco leaf. They've chemically altered the nicotine.
3: Well, I'm not sure necessarily the nicotine, but they just want to make the delivery, the Ah. the bioavailability in your blood... Enhanced.
1: So there's some adders that enhance uh, additives. So what are
3: they? So there's additives that will enhance the nicotine delivery. That's to get into your body. Okay. There's additives that will inhibit the metabolism of, say, so let's say your liver to get rid of nicotine. Yeah. So it stays around longer.
1: Is it P four fifty that yes. metabolizes it? Yes. Cytochrome P four fifty. Yeah.
3: So there's a whole lot of chemicals or Which is an additives. An antioxidant. There's a whole lot of additives that will in- inhibit that.
2: Wow. Yeah.
3: There are bronchodilators. Oh, so you get more in the yes. airways. Yes,
1: My God.
3: There are a whole lot of chemicals that reduce what we said about the start, when I said the public concern around the odour, the visibility, and what was the other thing I said? Oh, the irritation. Yeah. So then they add other things like... Oh, they also add chemicals that will enhance its addictive properties in your CNS. So What? The addictive properties. So, in your central nervous system. Uh Uh-huh. The way it reacts with your neurons. Wow. Enhance that. So, they will also play around with the harshness. So, they'll try to give chemicals that will make it a smoother... A bit more mellow. Yeah. Um, For some brands, they'll increase the sugar content. Really? Uh, Yeah. And that is particularly useful for um, uh, younger smokers.
0: Wow. Okay,
3: so let's quickly just break them down. I won't go into too much depth. So, firstly, the nicotine metabolism. So, this is a whole lot of chemicals that seem to end with lactone that impact... So, there's at least seven chemicals in this category that basically stop the metabolic enzymes in the liver breaking nicotine down so can i just
1: add there yeah if they're blocking the liver's ability to break down nicotine i assume these are the same enzymes that are required to break down other things in our body that shouldn't be there and if they're inhibited does that mean it could give rise to a possibility of other things yeah
3: potentially you know, coming like, like polypharmacy and stuff yeah potentially i can't say definitively but uh, right. it makes sense from a um principle. First principles. Yeah. Take yeah. So then they found out so a lot of these were done a lot of these experiments, scientific experiments, were actually done by the tobacco companies. So yeah, a lot of that. them like Phil Philip Morris and the other ones. they'll actually try to investigate. And they publish them. Yeah. Um now, if you were to just continue to take nicotine like any drug, you do lose um sensitivity to it. Okay. Like you become more, or desensitized, but you become more, what's the word? Reliant. Not resistant, but it just doesn't have the same effect.
1: Yeah. Okay. So
3: desensitized. Yeah. So what they then found is, this, and this is where the pyrolysis is coming. Yeah. So they found if you burn sugar-like molecules, like sorbitol, di-ammonium phosphate, mm-hmm. what that will turn into by the burning... Uh, process. process turns into acetaldehyde. I know acetylaldehyde yeah. and so that in combination with nicotine compounds the effect wow and so they found that that makes it significantly more addictive Wow. so they've actually added ammonia nice or ammonium wow. to the
1: mix ok so they've added ammonium to the mix what else Well,
3: then they they can do a whole lot of further neurophysiological um, manipulations with additives that enhance the sensory and the neurological experience. So it gives increased fire and compound action potential, a whole lot of stuff. So a whole lot of list of chemicals in that space. I won't go through those. Then we go into the antioxidants. So this is where the tobacco companies start to know... "Mm, this stuff is done to cause cancer. We're killing
1: our clients here. Uh, it's it's not good for brand because, one, our recurrent clients are dying. So we probably need to do something to mitigate some of the issues. Yes. Okay. So they, this is where they add things called antioxidants I know and
3: mitogens Okay. To okay. mitigate? To mitigate. And what they're trying to mitigate, so this is up to it. So there's a, in this class, there's 127 mitigants. Wow. Mitigens. Mitig- I've never heard of the term. Mitigations.
1: <laughs> mit-, mit mitigans, Okay. So at
3: least 127 of them are in cigarettes. Wow. And so what they're trying to do is reduce, say, nitric oxide, the mutagenic, the carcinogenic activity, the the psilostatic cy- effect, so that's mm-hmm. the, the, the cilia. Mutacilia- the cilia. Escalator. Cytotoxic responses and hopefully reduce oxidative stress. Whilst increase in... The antioxidants, so they, they put things in like beta-carotins, <laughs> vitamin Cs.
1: Really? Tannic acids, vanillinins. Really? Yeah. Vitamin C, hey? Wow. C- can you get all the vitamin C you need from a cigarette? <laughs> Look, well, apparently, because of the
3: oxidation effect, you have a significant reduction in mito. Um, sorry, micro vitamins and nutrients. So you actually become depleted in vitamin C anyway. Wow! And then they started looking at genetic mo- genetically modifying the tobacco. So that would be trying to increase the nicotine quantity, the amount of beta carotens in it, and the nitrosamides. So
1: the nitrosamides. So is so is is tobacco a GMO, genetically modified organism? Presumably, huh. based on this, at uh, least. Is it on the packaging? Not sure. I mean, only bec- the only reason why I say it is because I mean, there's people always take issue with GMO saying that there's inherent dangers. Firstly, inherent dangers with everything. Secondly, we've been genetically modifying our crops since the beginning of agriculture. So the bananas that you eat are genetically modified. Every fruit and vegetable you basically ingest is genetically modified. I guess uh, it's just the way you do it, right? It's the That's way the- you do it, and for some reason, people think that it's better to genetically modify something through the, and I'm using quotations with my fingers here, natural means of letting it just do its thing uh, or do it in a lab, which is very specific and very... um, Controlled. Controlled, absolutely. People think that, oh, I'm doing it in a lab, I'm eating a lab-based thing? That's horrible. But I want you to think about this. If you were to genetically modify something the way we did with a banana, for example, you just interbreed... And select from the way things look and taste, you have no idea what the changes are made, no idea it 's just look and taste, but when you do it in the lab, you know exactly what you 're changing. D- GMOs are not inherently dangerous they 've actually saved millions of peoples of li- uh, millions of people's lives um, by introducing um, vitamin A into rice, um, you know so many different types of interventions anyway that 's besides the point. just wanted to have my little okay. say on GMOs. Um so just because tobacco may be GMO doesn't mean it's bad, but I'm telling you tobacco is bad anyway. If you want a drug that'll lessen your uh lifespan, tobacco's the one for you. <laughs> so a couple of final additives. Yep. So and then I've got a couple potentially to add.
3: There was there was ones called beneficial additives where they looked at And that was their term.
1: Yeah. Okay. They're
3: not actually beneficial. No, they're not beneficial. But they thought that by adding these things, it might give side effects that could be good, like increase oh. in sexual activity. Oh. So they put pheromones. You're a smoker now. Put pheromones into it. They really put, um, even though that do anti- really anti-inflammatories, analgesics, aspirin in there, uh, anti, oh, antibiotic, antifungal, antiv- antibiotics, Antivirals, Yeah. No, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But wouldn't the combustion process? Alter, damage, destroy any functional capacity that these chemicals have. Not sure. That's Not interesting. Sure. So they, so they basically just went, you know what? Let's just chuck everything we've got into yeah, these well, little death sticks and see what happens. <laughs> Particularly with some, because then when
3: we looked at something like, well, you said the effect of um, uh, nicotine is to vasoconstrict.
1: Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah. it Can do
3: that. That can cause problems, mm. and so they were trying to counter that by putting additional additives in it to, to vasodilate Gotcha. to increase delivery.
1: Wow. But and they so want to keep the nicotine in because this, that's addictive.
3: So some of the things they found that increased vasodilation was niacin and rucin and it cost them too much to try and put these in on their own. So wow. they added a whole lot of plant-based products that contained those like vanilla, vanilla bean and molasses, so extracts from those, and that would increase that effect.
2: Wow. Yeah.
1: So it's 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 like the world's most unhealthy multivitamin.
3: <laughs> and then finally that they try to negate all the side effects or the symptoms that they create, like coughing and hoarseness and so forth. So they yeah. add things like menthol ah. to be smoothing. They add local anesthetics to really? to, yeah, to numb. They add chocolate and coca oh which is my god which is theobromin which again is something from the gods ah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's to yeah, we actually use theobromin not not so common anymore but they put theobromin in some medications for asthma so it's a bronchodilator yeah so you get the bronchioles really dilated you get more nicotine in. my god and then you just add all the sugars and sweet sweeteners for to attract the younger population because they probably prefer a, a smoother, sweeter taste.
1: Smoother ride. I'll tell you what, it's...
3: okay. When so, I was reading this, I was going, oh my God, this is crazy.
1: Yeah, it's... I can't believe this. So you probably, if, if you're a consistent listener of ours, you probably find that, you know, as, uh, as, as health communicators, we often try to remain impartial and present the evidence. But in this case, the evidence demonstrates that there's no need to be impartial with cigarettes. They're horrendous and they will definitively shorten your life. Um, Some other things that are within cigarettes. Okay. Lead.
3: Where's that come from?
1: (laughs) So I I don't know if these are added or these are part of the leaf itself. So lead, cyanide, cadmium. That's no good. Mercury.
3: Okay.
1: uh, And obviously the addictive nicotine. Now, again... But, probably... nic- but
3: but nicotine on its own is relatively safe, right
1: It is relatively safe again, addictive properties, but relatively safe so it will have a physiological response, yes, but
3: all the detriment that comes from smoking is probably not from nicotine
1: uh yeah, that's that's true so it's... all
3: those chemicals that I kind of went through are, are probably the cause plus you know what's inherent with tobacco mm. and burning it is probably the the reason for all the carcinogenic properties, rather than nicotine per se. Yeah, I agree. As best we know.
1: And I think we should stipulate that, because we're committing our own logical fallacy here, by simply just naming chemicals and going, ooh, bad, because they sound bad. We should stipulate that everything is toxic, depending on the dose. Everything's a poison, depending on the dose. True. Now, potentially, a lot of these chemicals could be innocuous at the doses that are in cigarettes. That's true. We should make that point. But we know definitively that the cumulative ingestion of cigarettes isn't innocuous at all. It's deadly. Mm. All right. All right. So in this should now lead us into the health issues associated with smoking cigarettes. Oh, so the... The the bad effects. Bad effects, yeah. yeah. So let me start with just general stats, then we can go specific. What do you reckon? Sounds good. All right, so a lifelong smoker, so I'm just going to throw stats at you, everybody, so you get your pen and paper ready. A lifelong smoker will lose an average of 10 years from their life. And Matt, you stop me at any point if you want to discuss. Right.
3: So is that based on an amount, or that's just averaging a person's...
1: Yeah, that's averaging somebody who's going to be a consistent daily smoker throughout their life. They will lose an average of 10 years from their life. So average, so obviously plus or minus. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cigarette smoking causes one in 10 deaths worldwide. Okay. More than one in every seven deaths in Australia. More than one in seven? Yep. So? Because you need to think about worldwide, what are some of the major killers? And some of the major killers are infectious diseases, which we don't have in Australia, right? Yeah. So, the major killers in Australia are predominantly preventable. So, the,
3: presumably the big killers in Australia would be cancer, cardiovascular, which... Diabetes, which diabetes. are all
1: associated with cigarette smoke. Mm. Um, in Australia, tobacco uh, causes three times as many deaths as alcohol, which is the next common most drug in Australia.
2: Okay.
1: Imagine how many lives would be saved if we didn't smoke and didn't drink. They are two enormous risk factors for death in actual fact you want me to tell you how enormous they are as risk factors for death so i'm going to give you some risk factors and i'm going to tell you the number of deaths in australia associated with these risk factors okay number one with 20,933 deaths under its belt is tobacco use so in australia every year directly directly associated with tobacco use is 20,933 people. That's a lot. What's the population of Australia? Um, 25 million? Yeah. Okay, about 25 million. The second biggest risk factor is all dietary risks. So that means you are or are not eating particular foods that you probably should or should not eat. Okay. That kills a, That's a responsible as a risk factor. So these aren't necessarily definitively causes, but can be directly associated with these things. 19,876 people. High blood pressure is third, killing again nearly 20,000 people. Overweight. But and... you
3: could argue with hypertension mm. that tobacco might feed into that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. This is how it's all into... Open... Okay, so let's have a look at this, right? High blood pressure, overweight and obesity... High plasma glucose level, so basically metabolic syndrome or diabetes. High cholesterol, physical inactivity. All of these have been associated with tobacco use. And all of them are within the top 10 uh, biggest risk factors for mortality, death in Australia. Stop smoking. I'm (laughs) sure if you listen to this podcast, you probably aren't smoking. Um, Watch
3: it whilst you're listening to it.
1: Yeah, that would be the <laughs> biggest insult to us, that you're having a... A dari, A durry, a durry as, as we call it in Australia, or a darb, or a dart. <laughs> so in 2017 alone, right, and uh, we'll talk about secondhand smoke in a sec, but in 2017 alone, more than 8 million deaths were attributed to smoking. 7 million of them were due to direct inhalation, and 1 million due to secondhand smoke. So, one in se- one in eight deaths due to cigarette smoking is because of secondhand smoke. Really? Horrendous. Horrendous. So, if somebody's smoking around you, tell them to bugger off, tell them to quit smoking, or you just walk away. It seems like smoking will kill one billion people in the 21st century, which is a lot. And smoke- yeah. smoking kills half of all persistent users, right? Half of these will die at middle age. So 25% of persistent cigarette smokers will die in their 40s. Stop smoking. Um, that's that's enough stats. What do you reckon? I think you've a your point. Don't smoke? Mm. All right. Can I also just briefly just say that we actually don't have any direct evidence that cigarettes smoke I shouldn't say direct we don't 100% know that cigarette smoking is causative. causative there's no causal relationship that we can identify that cigarette smoking actually causes lung cancer, actually causes cardiovascular disease, actually can lead to diabetes and a handful of other cancers so you may be saying then what the hell are you guys talking about and how do you know and how do we all know that cigarette smoking is associated with it and it's got to do with the way that we evaluate the available data. That mm. we have millions and millions of data sets on cigarette smoking, and what they need to do is tick a number of boxes in order for us to be confident that it actually is causal, as opposed to in just, humans at least. In humans, as opposed to just correlative. So, first thing is that the studies need to be consistent. Right. So every study needs to continue to demonstrate that there's an association between smoking and these diseases. Yeah. So Second thing is the strength of the association. Right. Statistically, it needs to be significant in order for us to be confident. Yeah. Specificity. So can we predict what the outcome will be knowing what the actual intervention is? So knowing that individuals are smoking, could we predict what the outcome may be? And the thing is, yes, we can with the current studies. Could we predict... That if you smoke X amount of cigarettes, that you're going to have this increased likelihood. And or, yes, we or can. stop it, or stop. Or smoking? stop. That's right. Uh, temporality. That's basically. Do we know that smoking precedes the disease? And again, yes, we do. Yeah. Coherence and plausibility. So, do does the data on smoking actually fit within the scientific yeah. um, norm and principles? Makes sense. Yes, it does. Is there a dose response? Do more cigarettes you smoke result in more severe outcomes? Yes, they do. And the last one is that can we perform experiments that mimic this process and we get the same results? And the answer again is yes, so animal models. Because we can't perform a randomized double-blind control trial for cigarette smoking because it's unethical. Mm. You can't get 100 people to smoke cigarettes and 100 people to not smoke cigarettes and measure the outcome. You're not going to get ethical approval because we know that you're Sending those people into an early grave. Good point. Good Anything point. you'd like well, to add about disease and
3: death? Well, I'll just put in some the the harm. What type of diseases, that What type? The harm associated with the the degree and the duration of exposure. All right. So we have the immediate effects. So this was this will basically happen if you just lit up a cigarette now. So if you just lit one, okay, puffed away, doing it these. These are the things that would happen almost immediately. You would have, in a single puff, 10 to the 15, um, free radical production. One followed by 15 zeros. Yes. Free radical production. Just in a puff. And that's through the gas phase. And then in in the tar phase, which is another chemical reaction that would have its own free radicals. So so, ha- so what
1: are these gas phases and tar phases?
3: It's just the different phases of the chemical reaction that's, that's occurring. So I think... In the cigarette or in the body? No, in the cigarette, as you inhale it. Okay. So these free radicals... Are, are occurring in your body. Your body is in, making them. Yes, in response to the gas phase, which is the phase of combustion... Um, that's non-solid, I guess. Can
1: I say what free radicals are? Yeah, please do. So free radicals are molecules that are produced in the body that pretty much, they need some electrons. They're missing an electron or a couple, and they need these electrons to make themselves whole or happy or comfortable. And they find these electrons by just pulling them off biological tissue. And what, what would that do as a decrement? Well, it damages
3: tissue. Like proteins, like DNA.
1: It damages cells, proteins, DNA. You damage DNA, you get an increased likelihood for um, errors and cancers. Being like mut-
3: mut- mutations. That's right.
1: Okay, so we said this before, but
3: um, the another immediate effect is you have a depletion of micronutrients. This is like things like vitamin Cs, vitamin Ds, um, A's, etc. So yeah. you get a depletion all, almost immediately. So people who do give up smoking they find that these levels start to increase again. Um, inflammation...
1: So, I'm going to stop you there. So, a lot of these are fat-soluble. How does it reduce the amount of vitamins that is dissolved or stored, I should say, within either your liver or within the fat of your tissue Not sure. I didn't
3: look into the mechanism behind it, but there are some changes in the way that lip, lipid profile um, is coordinated.
1: Is it liver or is it bod- body?
3: For the vitamins? Yeah. Not sure. Okay. Well, well, vitamin C is a water. The other ones I mentioned were fat. DECA. so D-E-K-N-A sh- or fat. I'm not sorry. sure. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Um, increased inflammation.
1: Unsurprisingly. Yeah. It, so Cigarette so smoke
3: is an irritant. So it puts you in a pro-inflammatory state, so that would increase your
1: likelihood for a whole lot of other things. So a lot of other inflammatory... Conditions. So can I say there, can I interrupt? Because well, I, I asked on my Instagram page, everyone follow me at Dr. Mike Todorovic at D-R-M-I-K-E-T-O-D-O-R-O-V-I-C. And I asked some of my followers, what questions do you have about smoking cigarettes? And one question was, why do I get increased mucus production? Yeah. I smoke cigarettes. And so the answer to that, again, is like Matt said, cigarette is an irritant. It's going to irritate your mucosa or your epithelia and damage it. And when you damage this tissue, you damage vascularized tissue and it leads to inflammation and inflammation leads to secretions yeah, so overproductions productions of mucus.
3: I would probably imagine that in that immediate effect, you, you're going to have the, the cilia being stunned, but you might also in the same vicinity have the goblet cells irritated. Yes. And they produce mucus.
1: Yeah, as a hypersecretory response. And because you have an
3: irritation, you have a whole nerve receptors in your respiratory tract. Yeah. You, you get coughing, which is relatively common. Yeah. You would also get a a reaction of bronchoconstriction, which would give you wheezing. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think they're the main ones immediately. All right. So then we go into more medium term okay. and a big one here is atherosclerosis. Okay. So what nicotine does it's probably one of the biggest maybe maybe second to hypertension to cause endothelial injury.
1: So how does it do that? Is it the smoke or is it the chemicals within the smoke? Well, no, well this is being blood vessels, so it's ah. it'll be the chemicals absorbed. Okay, so atherosclerosis happens in the blood vessels. Correct. Ah. So the
3: blood vessels and the that line the blood vessels, so these have to be on the arterial ends, so carrying high pressure. These irritate the endothelial cells, which are the start of atherosclerosis. And once you start getting atherosclerosis... It's all downhill.
1: So, so as always, so you're saying the chemicals within cigarette smoke irritate the endothelial cells. They're the epithelia that line the inside of your blood vessels. Correct, and they
3: that they're there to create a nice, steady blood flow because they're, they're
1: smooth, smooth boundaries. Smooth
3: blood flow, yes. And so, when they're irritated, do they produce stuff? Well, they would probably stop producing nitric oxide, mm. and they would probably stop producing uh, heparin, maybe. So, heparin heparin's produced by endothelial cells to stop clotting. Okay. And so, it would probably start the endothelial cells to become more... Um, what's the word? Permble. Okay. So, then you have the start process of atherosclerosis, which we call the fatty streak stage. And then fat starts to go into your blood vessel. Okay. And then in that this starts case. to build up in the wall. And this is where your plaques begin.
1: Okay, so atherosclerosis, one medium-term result of smoking. What else? Um,
3: increased susceptibility of lung infections, and that's probably to do to do with the cilia, and mucociliary all the, uh, escalator. Yep. There you go. Um, plus, we know that it in, inhibits your immune system, impairs your immune system, so it's not going to help you infections at all. Diabetes: thirty to forty percent increase to Risk. diabetes to, as you're a smoker. Wow. I don't know the mechanism.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I assume it's uh,
3: damage to ty- type practice. two, type two, type two. So I'd, I'd imagine it Is will have response. some kind of effect to the way that insulin reacts to its receptor. Yeah, or reaction to it. Um, periodontitis, so that's gums or teeth. Yep. Um, asthma exacerbation, so this you'd have to have asthma or anyway, and then surgical wounds. This would just be poor flow
1: to um injuries and then you're not gonna this is actually this one's actually huge um patients after surgery post-surgery don't don't smoke you're going to significantly reduce your likelihood of being able to heal properly after that surgery Mm. now going long term so cancer is obviously a biggie so do you know do we
3: know which types of cancers well, there's at least 12 different types. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't need to go through them, but
1: what are some examples? Lung, obvious. Lung
3: and breast. I know breast would be relatively big. Yeah. I'd imagine all the respiratory tract. so yeah. Mouth, esophagus, even that's not the respiratory tract, but um, throat. Mm. I don't know. All the big ones, I reckon. Would yeah, be... I think so. Um, so 30% of cancers, so all cancers, all cancer deaths, of those deaths is attributed to smoking.
1: Wow. Mm.
3: The vascular disease, COPD is
1: a big one. So what's that? Chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. And that's chronic bronchitis and emphysema. Yeah. And so they're basically diseases of smoking, aren't they? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you can get emphysema and not be a smoker. You're going to be pretty unlucky. But I think it's upwards of 95% of emphysemics were previous cigarette smokers and same with chronic bronchitis both are irritations of the airways that lead to obstructions yeah. and problems with gas exchange Yeah,
3: yeah. eye disease so this would be macular degeneration retinal issues so um, this is a
1: vascular disease right?
3: I'm not sure about macular degeneration I'm not sure if that's specific to the macula <laughs> you'd think so or it? it's a vascular to the macula yeah okay gotcha um, rheumatoid arthritis okay and then bones, doesn't do well for your bones like osteoporosis.
1: Oh, that's a lot of diseases and disorders that smoking is associated with. And then you go to the,
3: the mothers, the effect on the mother and the fetus. So you have oh, yeah. a decrease in chance of conception, increase in pregnant, poor pregnancy outcomes like ectopics, placental issues, and then you have all the congenital effects on the, on the fetus.
1: And also increase uh, likelihood of spontaneous abortions, too. Yeah. Yeah. And remember that if you are smoking and you're pregnant, that the child can come out and exhibit nicotine withdrawal symptoms. And so this is going to be irritability, constant crying.
3: Oh, is that right?
1: Yeah, constant crying, difficult to console. Very similar to the types of effects you get with heroin.
3: Wow. How long would that take to... I
1: don't know. I don't know how long that would take, but uh, it can happen. And the other thing is, remember, Matt just stated, you know, there's 7,000 chemicals in cigarettes. Uh, Heaps of things cross the blood placental barrier. And that can include things like lead, cadmium, cyanide, mercury. All these things can potentially get to the fetus and and harm the fetus. It's not worth it. Not worth it in the slightest. So let's finish. I've got some questions. We're going to talk about E-cigarettes. Yeah. Okay, well you do that really quickly. Okay, so the question is, e-cigarettes or vaping, is it dangerous? Is it better than smoking? This is the main question I've got on Instagram. And this is basically going to be my summary for it. So, cigarettes contain 7,000 different chemicals, 70 of which are carcinogenic. Vaping is where you superheat a liquid and it turns into a vapor. It's not a smoke. So one, you don't get the combustible smoke damaging your airways. That's a good thing. Second thing is because it is a vapor, it doesn't contain those 7,000 chemicals and 70 carcinogens. That's another benefit. So it's only nicotine? In Australia, nicotine is illegal to be added to these liquids that people are vaping. It's illegal. 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 Not allowed. Right, in Australia. To add to it, but they come with it? It's illegal to purchase it, it's illegal to add it, it's illegal to smoke it in a vape form. Really? Yes, you, you shouldn't be able to purchase vape liquid, e cigarette liquid with nicotine in it. But in say, unless you have a prescription. However, we've tested the liquid and we've found that up to 70% of them have high amounts of nicotine. So you are getting your nicotine hit regardless. I know people who vape and they just buy the nicotine online and they are able to get it in and so they add they it. they add it to the... They add it to the liquid. To the liquid. Yes, that's right. So, right. okay, so, so...
3: So, the people you see vaping, technically, all that they're doing is just mimicking the smoking behaviour. Not getting... Not preventing the nicotine withdrawals.
1: So that's what they think. But they're actually statistically, they are taking in nicotine and getting the hit. I think they're not, but seventy up to 70% of these liquids do contain high amounts of nicotine. So they are getting that hit, whether they think they are or they're not. So that's not... Okay, so no combustible smoke. That's a benefit. None of those big carcinogens and chemicals. That's a benefit. You are getting None in that mitigens. nicotine. None of the mitogens. None of the mitogens, any of those things. That's a benefit. But the other thing is that they're not void of chemicals e-cigarettes have chemicals one important one that you should be aware of is diacetyl and diacetyl is a food coloring slash flavoring which we use in popcorn movie theater popcorn makes it that yellowy color right that's fine to ingest we've done the studies it's okay to actually put in your body in relatively small amounts but to inhale is another thing and we find that people that work in popcorn factories that make this popcorn factories or cinnamons factories okay Inhaling this diacetyl gets something called popcorn lung. So inhaling diacetyl is not good. And it's in e-cigarettes. And why is it in, in cigarettes? For the flavor? I, I Potentially for the flavor. Okay. Yeah. So that's not a good thing. Popcorn lung is basically bronchiolitis. Now, I think it's called bronchiolitis obliterans because it destroys so the like smaller a... airways. That's just a dilation of the bronchioles bronchial bronchiolitis are this are the are the airways that are smaller than a millimeter in the diameter they're probably floppy
3: right
1: yeah they they're filled with smooth muscle right. yeah um, so that's not good long term studies we don't have them so we don't actually know whether they are healthier or not compared to cigarettes traditional cigarettes the likely answer is yes they probably are healthier but they're not without danger that's probably safe to say um, should you smoke them i would say not Are they a gateway to cigarettes? The studies demonstrate that they are. Because people deem them as safer, they're likely to smoke them more likely than a cigarette, which increases the likelihood of being happy to go and smoke a cigarette. This includes children, and the way they market them is fancy, colorful packaging and delicious flavors, and this is getting younger children into smoking, and the tobacco industries are taking advantage of this. How's that? Is that a good summary of it? Crazy. I'm pretty good. Um, what did you want to finish on, Matt? I'll just ask you some quick questions and you can answer them, or you can
3: attempt to answer them. Okay, Go. Smoking will cause you to lose weight, true or false?
1: Well, I know that cigarette smokers, on average... I didn't, are,
3: I didn't ask for a, a short answer. ...are
1: three to no. four kilos lighter than those of non-cigarette smokers, but we're not necessarily sure of that mechanism, and we're not necessarily sure of the likelihood. I'm going to say that cigarette smoking probably does play a slight role in weight management. Very heavy smokers will be more likely to be overweight than lighter
3: smokers. So I was wrong. This is heavy smokers. Oh, heavy smokers. This is because they usually do a whole lot of other things. So the people who are likely to be really heavy smokers... Aren't going for runs. They're they're not going for runs. They're usually drinking more alcohol, eating burgers, and a whole lot of other nasty things along the way. There is an effect that they've found that when they were trying to look at the nicotine effect in the dopamine reward pathway, particularly they were trying to look... So this was a group from Yale were trying to look at an antidepressant effect of nicotine. But what they actually found, because they were doing this effect on mice, they found that there was this alpha-3, beta-4 subtype of the nicotine receptor. they found if you block that, they were doing this in mice, that the mice that were treated, so these receptors were activated, specific nicotine receptors. They found that uh, it didn't seem to have an antidepressant effect for the animal, but they the animal stopped eating. Oh, And so after about a month, it lost about 20% of its body weight. So why? So it appears to be an appetite suppressant.
1: Wow. So smoking is a appetite suppressing? Well, nicotine. Nicotine. Okay. But I wouldn't use it for that no, purpose. no. All right, next question. Um,
3: smoking is relaxing and pleasurable.
1: Uh, don't do it. Wouldn't, know. Uh, but I would say that it would be relaxing if you're an addict because you're getting your next hit. But I would say that there's where the pleasure comes in. But relaxing, no, because it stimulates cardiovascular effects. So yes and no. Okay, so pleasurable probably again comes from the
3: dopamine reward part, which will give you that feel good. Feel good, okay. flavor town. But um, it's coming from well, the the relax as we as we explained earlier. It's a stimulator. It's yeah. a stimulant. So you wouldn't be necessarily relaxing from it. Okay, it's more to do with you removing the craving. Yeah, okay. so the withdrawal effect. All uh, right, next okay? question. But um, next question. The, the, the way that it was explained, which I liked, this analogy was like. If you... I'll add a bit of um, colouring to this explanation. Yeah, okay. So, if you were walking... You used to walk home from school to home every day, and every day you got beaten up, right? Alright. So, you've been reading my diary. <laughs> Alright. Um, outside, beaten up would be pleasurable. Okay? Because <laughs> you're not getting beaten up. Okay. So, the... The part with the um, the pleasurable aspect or the relaxing aspect yeah. is not having the withdrawal. Yeah, so it's uh, like not having the beaten up part. Next question.
2: <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I, like, that's, I like that. That's so it's not like saying,
3: it's not like it's saying it's removing a. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs>
3: light <laughs> light cigarettes are better for than your full strength.
1: Uh, sure.
3: Well, not really.
1: Same amount of chemicals. So that's to the be
3: slightly less tar, but they actually found they they did tests where they had a smoking machine which they basically put the um, the lighter cigarettes apparently have more pores in the actual filter component.
1: So bigger things get through.
3: It allows more fumes out to the side. Okay. Uh, and so which is called side smoke by the way. All right. Um, now in the machine it kind of holds the end of the cigarette machine. Because it's testing the amount of tar coming out the back end of it. So, as it pulls the air through it, it will show you the amount of tar that's coming out of the back end of it. Yeah. I could make a a joke here, but I won't go. And so, in the machine, it's more effective. But Mm. when we actually use it as humans, the holes are getting covered by your fingers and your lips. Yeah. So, it's going in your mouth. So, you're not really getting... (laughs) All
1: right. Wow. Um,
3: That's almost it, I think. Okay. So,
1: I know that we're run out of time, but the last thing is... We've got a couple of questions that I think I should quickly, 10 second answer. These are most commonly asked questions, people on Instagram, right? Uh, Is chewing tobacco just as bad as smoking tobacco? The answer is, chewing tobacco is going to decrease your likelihood for lung cancer, but you're still getting carcinogens in your mouth, so it increases your likelihood for oral cancer. And I'm not sure how many more additional chemicals are in there like they put into cigarettes. Exactly. Um, is it true that secondhand smoke is as bad as smoking yourself? Well, we said that. One in uh, eight deaths of cigarette smokers due to secondhand smoke. Um, what about smoking marijuana inha- inhalation compared to smoking cigarettes? Well, both contain carcinogens, different types of carcinogens. Marijuana doesn't have the same additives that cigarette smoke does. Seems to be that some components of marijuana smoke can decrease the carcinogenic pathways, and some in Tobacco increase the carcinogenic pathways, so both are carcinogenic but have varying effects at the end of the day on the overall carcinogenic effects. Mm-hmm. That's a political way of answering that one. Um, and a, another question is, what about social smoking compared to regular smoking? Well, studies have shown that social smoking. What does like, that mean? So social smoking is you have a cigarette with a beer with a mate maybe once a week right? So also known as non-daily smoking. But the studies show that non-daily smoking, which in this particular study was classified as between 10 to 60 cigarettes a week, right? Um, Increased those non-daily smokers or social smokers likelihood of lung cancer, heart disease and diabetes, 72% increase compared to non-smokers. So it's still bad for you, still likely to get diseases. Like we went
3: through all those short-term immediate effects, you're still getting those.
1: How does it affect total lung capacity? Uh, In a negative way. Uh, Even they did a study on, uh, I think they were Thai individuals between the ages of 15 and 18 who were smokers. So obviously they hadn't been smoking for very long and they compared their lung capacity, their forced expiratory volume, so how much uh, air they could forcefully exhale, and they found that compared to non-smokers, the non-smokers could forcefully exhale three litres of air, and these 15- to 18-year-old smokers, only 2.5 litres mm. of air. So half a litre difference just from 15- to 18-year-old smokers. Unless you get COPD,
3: which then you get a, an increase in total lung capacity, but it's all dead space.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly right. So yeah, your normal lung uh, surface area is going to be a tennis court, and with COPD, after many years of smoking, is going to be a table tennis court. I'll, I'll finish it there. Mm. You happy? Yeah. There's a lot. It's surprising. It is surprising.
3: We we knew knew it all, but when you get a chance to kind of go through a bit of it, it's frightening.
1: It's frightening that it's still available and is still so rampant worldwide. Especially
3: with the e-cigarettes. So it seems like we're going around the same whole circle again.
1: I know. I know. Anyway, thank you everyone